Hi, everybody. Welcome to St. Augustine this evening. The Mike Davis Show without... The Mike Davis. The Mike Davis-less show? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Mike Davis-less Mike Davis Show. Um, I have a special guest with me. We're going to talk some history today. Yesterday was the anniversary of D-Day, and that means a lot to me and is close to my heart for various reasons, which you will soon find out about. But before we get into that, we need and to... And you just brought bills. me in to have a foil. Well, I'm purely here as a foil. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But you know a lot of stuff. Okay. So you're here to help, and you know a lot of stuff. So I think that it'll work out. Awesome. You got some reads? I have high hopes. I've got some reads. we got to make some money, because if I don't make money, Mike Davis doesn't come back on time. Hmm. It's happened before. Okay. It's a problem. Mike is only coming back if we make enough money. Okay. So... So everybody, <laughs> go visit a sponsor. Yes, for sure. <laughs> visit a sponsor so near one you. One of them would be A Bear Kresge and Associates. They are the full service local CPA firm that this show trusts. You know, and we actually use them at the church too. They are very trustworthy for churches and for podcasts. So we have a team of skilled professionals dedicated to providing top level service. To you in the areas of tax compliance, planning for businesses, individuals, estates, and trusts, audits, reviews, and other accounting services, business valuations, forensic analyses, and litigation support. All sorts of help that Aber Kresge and Associates can offer you. So give them a call at 904-460-0747 or AberKreskeCPA.com. Do you want an unsolicited actual testimonial? I would love one. Okay, so here, this is a, this, literally I get a phone call mm-hmm. two days ago and, and I'm, I'm sort of complaining about we have, we have a bookkeeper, we have an, an accountant that checks the bookkeeper, mm-hmm. Who's like a high end corporate, like works for Blackwater. She knows her stuff. Knows yeah. her stuff. We've got the guy training to replace her. And, and then we have to, you know, go get a bear to do mm-hmm. an, an audit on top of all that. And I said, Hey, isn't like we've got three checks and balances already. Do we need really need those guys? Mm-hmm. And the person I said that to said, well, given the questions I just got from our audit, it's clear they read every comma in that contract. <laughs> and and so um, whatever we're getting from them, they are worth every penny of it. So yeah. that's a... Um, yeah, Abert, there you go. And, and Associates, they know their stuff. Very detail-oriented. Yes, and that is exactly what you need when you've got people <laughs> checking and double-checking all of yep. your grammar. <laughs> yes. All right, we also have South State Bank. The team at South State Bank is a group of bankers you can count on. Their approach to building long-term relationships with their customers is the best in the business. If you are looking for a banking relationship you can depend on, check out South State Bank. They've got three locations to serve you in St. Augustine, one at State Road, 312 state road 16 and on the beach you can visit their website at southstatebank.com they are a member fdic it's very surreal okay wait a minute does does that not sound like it's a dating app what yeah it's it's all about having a long-term relationship well banking is about having banking banker seeking long-term relationship with clients long walks on the beach (laughs) you must like what seafood i don't know Classic novels, I don't know. I don't know, it's just a little awkward. It's a little intimate for me. Yeah? Yeah. Well, intimate and it is important when you're dealing with your money. You got to know you can trust somebody. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. 
All right. Yeah, South Effect. Check them out. Okay. Ignore the dude in the collar. All right. We've got opening their doors in 2008. Bright Way Insurance, the Casey agency. They have proudly stood by their customers through hurricanes, major floods, hail, and fires. Through these events, the agency has become a much needed insurance resource in times of trouble and hardship. Honesty and integrity are the pillar of our core values, says owner Ashley Casey. We pride ourselves on being insurance experts while developing strategies that help our clients meet their insurance needs. We truly enjoy the relationships we have formed, forged, and the office has a real love for St. Augustine, which inspires all of our best. So check out Brightway Insurance, the Casey Agency, for all of your insurance needs. You got anything for that one? Ashley Casey, the insurance person with two first names. Mm-hmm. And you can trust them, too. And you can trust them, too. It's all about relationships here on right. the Mike Davis Show. <laughs> <laughs> and another relationship we have here is... I was going to say, you've got to have another relationship. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, Bo Bozard is a frequent guest. We also love Letty. They are great friends of the show. And Bozard Ford Lincoln wants to be your friend, too. Their goal is to make sure that your time and experience buying a car is stress-free, fun, and enjoyable. Bozard is a family-owned Ford dealership that has been in business since 1949. Bozard Ford has been the recipient of numerous dealer awards, including being ranked number one automotive dealership in the nation by dealer raider bozard ford has also won back-to-back president's awards which is the highest honor given by the ford motor company check them out today online at bozardford.com or head down there have the 904 now burger with pete melfi and troy blevins and davy hartzell's name on it i hear it's delicious have you tried it yet i've i've not had that particular mm-hmm. burger but i was going to say with the read that good for mm-hmm. bozard ford you, you should probably get yourself your own burger. I don't know about that. It took a while to get that menu changed and add Pete Melfi, Troy, and Davey Hartzell's names on there. There was a, much discussion. Mike thinks that it is tied to the economic success of the country. Hmm. He has a metric. He's he's watching the stock market and tying it to the 904 Now Burger. Okay. Freaking um, viewers will know the story. Will know the joke. Okay. Yeah. All right. We do have... Not one, but two special guests today on the podcast, because it's not just any old producer back there. We've got my daughter, Isabella. You want to say hi to everybody, Isabella? Hi. (laughs) Izzy's in the house. Yep. The boys let me down. They couldn't come in this Wednesday, but that's cool because it's, uh, we'll say girl power, even though that's kind of cringy these days. Don't say that. Well, we'll invite you to the party. Yeah, Isabella doesn't. Can like I can I be part of your girl power group? We can invite you to the party. Okay, you can get a pass for an hour. I'll get a I'll get a girl pass for an yeah. hour. Okay, we can do that. Nice. So I also have Matt Marino, lead pastor of Trinity Parish St. Augustine. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for being here. It's good to be part of the cool kid group now. I know. I always call him Father Matt. It's weird to just call you Matt. Okay, <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> it's not for my kids. Yeah. Yeah. My kids drive into the church parking lot, and they say, you can't park there. Uh, Father Matt gave me permission to. <laughs> like, well, who is he to you? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so you have to make friends with the parking lot attendants. They don't question me when I park in your space. It's a, it's a good thing to be yeah. friends with the parking lot mm-hmm. attendants. I'll also text you and be like, hey. Hey, I'm in your spot today. Okay, well. If do I actually here, have a spot? I don't know that I actually you have did. a spot. You did. I don't think you do anymore. Okay. I downgraded yeah. myself out of <laughs> you demoted yourself specific out of, spot parking. Out of a tagged spot. That's very kind of you. 
very selfish. Well, what we were really trying to do was give people with mobility issues those spots. Yeah. So, which is a good goal. Yeah, it's an admirable goal to to give people that need it, that need the shorter walk. I don't really need to skimp on my step count. Let's just say that. Really? Yeah. You're not watching your girlish figure. Uh, my wife says I should be. <laughs> Is that the lesson for most married couples? <laughs> Maybe. 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 Yeah. Maybe a little bit. She's much more consistent with her workout than I am. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. My husband is much more consistent with his workout than I am. Hmm. Well, okay. So this yeah. is the uh, Slackers. <laughs> yeah, right. Slackers, Slackers Day. Table. Slackers Day at the Mike Davis Show. Yeah. Well, that's okay. We've got spared no expense on the sign. You like that? Okay. Yeah. We've so gone to absolutely no expense. We've kind of uh, established that we're slacking when Mike Davis is not here. Um, we it's had, a short road down, Amanda. We had a whole party on Monday, complete with cocktails and like drinking party rules. What is a whole so party? We had just like a whole entire party. An entire party. An entire, okay. Entire okay. party. So you guys were drinking on air. Is that legal? Is there are like FCC requirements against drinking on air. There may or may not have been alcohol in the glass. Okay. Drink. <laughs> I didn't specify what was in the glass. I'm, I'm from the Episcopal Church. If there's drinking, it's probably alcoholic. <laughs> Are you claiming to be a whiskey palian? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> we've let's just say we've earned the moniker. Mm-hmm. The first church retreat I went to as an adult, in the as an adult Episcopalian, um, they called us to be there uh, like a day earlier than i expected at five o'clock and once i got there i was handed a name tag and a glass of wine you realized it was five o'clock somewhere and that somewhere was was right right there there. (laughs) right there it was a cocktail party it was a meet and greet before we got into the the heavy lifting of the retreat fascinating okay (laughs) episcopal trivia there is actually Uh no such thing as an episcopalian all right the prayer book makes members of god's one holy catholic and apostolic church Mm. Never makes an Episcopalian. You're just a Christian in Where an Episcopal did we get church. The the name that can't be spelled by anyone as our denomination name. Because people just like to brand up. All right. Yeah, it's the way we roll. Okay, right. how do you keep the chair from falling backwards on there's, me? There's like tilty levers. Tilty levers. Like okay. Pull it out. Okay. Push it up. There's. Well, I'm there's pushing and pulling. I just don't know what's happening here. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. We should have like worked this out in pregame. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> So, so there was drinking. You're talking about pre-gaming here. <laughs> well, not today. Today is sober. Okay. Today's been a long day. It's been a long day of phone calls and running errands and kids doing swim practice and all sorts of stuff. It's what happens when you're a homeschool mom. Mm, working homeschool mom. Yeah. You got to add the caveat because it's it makes a whole different thing. What are you working on these days? Mm, I'm doing this. When you're this. not here. Doing this. Uh, doing some help with the forensic accounting, doing that from home. and Forensic then, accounting, is that where you see dead people and then record their numbers? Something like that. Okay. M. Night Shyamalan wrote the, the book. <laughs> uh, the manual. I see dead numbers. <laughs> I see dead stores everywhere, and it's because they were overcharged by landlords. <clears throat> we will find the credits. Yeah, that's one thing that I do. And then I'm um, a tutor, for lack of a better descriptor, in our homeschool community. So I have a class. Nice. And what do you tutor? Uh, We tutor Latin, um, exposition, which is literature and writing, debate, 
We do research. We do logic and reasoning. So if you need any of those things, mm-hmm. I'm like creating a read for yeah. you right now. You're spo- now you're I'm sponsoring yeah, yeah, my yeah, yeah, show. Yeah. Now, now you're going to have to write a check too. Oh, man. You're just <laughs> this is great. Me this is great. Five hundred and a guest host. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're angling for a cut. <laughs> well, if, if Mike's getting five hundred, I should get a cut. I mean, the church already gets a tithe. Do you need a cut too? That's true. Well, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> homie's got to eat. <laughs> not according to your wife. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah, she's cut me off. That's why we're. Yeah. That's why I'm scrounging for side, you know, little yeah. side hustle on the Mike Davis show. Yeah, see, I see that. I yeah. see how it works. Well, you're welcome to come anytime. So, so what happened to Clay? Where's Clay? Why is he not back here? He just told me he couldn't make it, so he must have some kind of big important gig. Okay. Side yeah. hustle for Clay, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, like all of the hustles are his side hustles. His side hustles are his main hustles. He, he's just kind of one large side hustle. He's a big hustler. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> in the best possible way. <laughs> in, a, in a way that leaves you without sleep, mostly. Yeah. The two of you probably have less sleep than anyone else I know. Yeah, probably. I think if you add both of your sleep together, it doesn't add up to my afternoon nap. <laughs> To a healthy adult, <laughs> a healthy functioning adult. Uh, yeah, that's possible because the the nature of Clay's job is he has to. He's not the life of the party necessarily, but he makes sure that the life of the party is able to do it. He makes sure do. the party has life. Yes. Okay. There you go. And so that means uh, late hours, lots of setup. We okay. were on a musical live stream yesterday, which is why we weren't on the Mike Davis show yesterday. Typically, the first Tuesday of the month, Mike has planning and zoning, and so that's just kind of the day that the musical live stream fell on, as convenience, probably, more than anything. Um, So, whose playlist did you run yesterday? We didn't run a playlist. We had a live band. Oh, who was here? So, the Carpetbaggers, not here at the Classic Car Museum. We were at the Carpetbaggers. Okay, that's why Hunter was at the Car Museum. Yep. Yeah, he was one of my wife's collection of wayward young men yeah there's three of us now she's collecting yeah. of a variety of ages and we're all like living in different she's got bedrooms a little bit of joe march in her yeah yeah i think there's woman. there's a little bit that's yeah. a that's a very obscure reference you just threw <laughs> down the joe march I'm reference old mom <laughs> literature is kind of what i have to do right well it's been 10 years they need to have another another reboot of the little women franchise no 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 well, they'll never overdo the... Well, okay, what is your I'm definitive... Done, I'm done with remakes at the Christian Bale one with, uh, what is it? Was, I don't know, <coughs> Renona Ryder in it? Yeah. I didn't even know there was I'm such a one. I'm still in stuck 1990s. on... I'm hung up on the, the June Allison. Who all, who all was in that one? Uh, That's the, the classic Little Women. The classic, the classic Little Women. Let's see. Classic. I think it was... Um, June Allison was one sister. Tell us in the comments if you know. Yeah, tell us who was in who was in Little Women in nineteen forty three or whatever year that was. Let's see. Nineteen forty nine. Forty nine. Okay. All right. Who Turner do we got? Classic movies. Is it this one? Turner's gonna tell you. Turner will never lead you astray. Never. There We've we go. Got- who you got? Uh, Peter Lawford, Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, Elizabeth Taylor. How did I miss her? Allison, Margaret O'Brien, and Janet Lee. Man, Janet Lee. Big names. Some in big that names. One. Yeah, that was a that was a solid effort. 
Yeah, I might have to check that one out because that's probably a little closer to the book than the the one of my childhood. Christian Bale, I I would not be sure that Batman would give a faithful rendering. So I saw the movie before I read the book. And once I read his description in the book, I was like, yeah, Christian Bale should not have been Laurie. He was not, too small. Not a Laurie guy. Laurie was supposed to be a large, imposing figure, but it still has a special place in my heart, and apparently <laughs> Melissa's heart as well, because she liked Aww. that one too. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, you know, I saw it at the right time for it to really connect with me and resonate, but then when I read the book, I was like, ah. Uh, yeah, that yeah. happened to me with Star Wars. I watched the yeah. movie, and then I went back and read the book. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately, they wrote the book off of the movie. So yeah. if you saw the movie, you literally missed not a syllable. <laughs> okay. So the, the novel was a script. The novel was the script. Yeah. Yeah. That's I a was, very sad way to... I don't know if anyone out there remembers the movie Horse Whisperer with uh, Robert Redford, but I <laughs> insisted my mom had read the book and my friend had read the book. And so I was not seeing the movie until I read the book. So I just barely got it finished in time for the premiere. And we all went together. And I was, I loved the movie, but I was so annoyed at the changes. And so that was a big moment for me as far as book versus movie. But Redford can save almost any bad movie. Absolutely. Especially at that time in his life. <laughs> the time of life I was in as well. <laughs> we'll put it that way. I mean, okay, so the last Redford movie I saw, it's Redford alone on a sailboat. Uh-huh. And the whole story oh, is... No, he he sailed. He tries to sail around the world. Okay, runs into a and submerged mm-hmm. container, mm-hmm. and his boat sinks and he dies. Mm. So this is Redford alone That's on a, a sailboat, ending. and you know the whole time he's going to die. It it's, still was entertaining just yeah. because Redford made he's good a it. guy alone on a sailboat without dialogue. He still made it interesting. Well, Tom Hanks made that work in in his movie. What was it? I don't remember the name of it. Tom Hanks's Island movie. Oh, oh, yeah, Cast yeah. Away. yeah, Castaway. Yeah, yeah. He Tom and Hanks his Castaway. He and his friend, the volleyball. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> Wilson, the volleyball, or the next door neighbor. Yeah. My favorite Robert Redford movie was Up Close and Personal with Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, that's a hard one. It's a I, I think I liked Brew Baker best, probably. Yeah. Or uh, what's the one that he did with um, Paul Newman? Oh, the, the gambling movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a great movie, and I'm going <laughs> to space it now. Yeah, so I'll have to, we'll put that in the comments if you know the the Robert Redford, Paul Newman movie. And then we can make a couple of gambling jokes. Yeah, right. Well, that's we a Steve Martin about, reference. We talked about Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks very famously was in Saving Private Ryan, and mm-hmm. that kind of takes us to. Are you using we this to segue us to D Day? Okay. It works better when you don't call out the segue. Okay. Because I thought maybe you were going to mention that Tom Hanks is a probably the most famous Greek Orthodox church member in America. Fun fact. I did not know that. He is. If I had the more you know sound on my keyboard, I would play it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that he was Greek Orthodox. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought you were going to talk about him being producer of War in the Pacific, which was also a great... Yes, he did yeah. produce that. Well, he went on to get involved in projects that <laughs> preserved World War II history after he was in Saving Private Ryan. And so that movie came out. My grandfather was still alive. And my grandfather was in the first wave at Omaha Beach. 
And so that was our question to him was, you know, the first five minutes. Is that what it was like? Or, you know, and what did he say? He said that that's probably the closest they could have come to representing what it was like. Just Um, the sheer terror mm -hmm. and grotesque. And yeah, he said that uh, the day was so smoky, you could barely see which made it more horrifying to walk through um, because the visibility was so bad that you could barely see. And on the other hand, it also keeps people from just lasering in on your face when they pull the trigger at you. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the stinging of the eyes and the coughing on the smoke, uh, coughing of the smoke in your lungs, you know, it's hard to replicate that sort of sensory experience. Mm -hmm. But he said, you know, it was pretty pretty good representation of what that was like and that was a very moving experience for him to go to that Mm. movie he didn't go to the movie theater very often but he went to see that he went for that yeah and so he was um born and raised south carolina we've talked on the show about how i'm a clemson tiger fan he was at clemson university and he so he was a college student. Mm-hmm. He enlisted in the army. Well, <laughs> Clemson University was a military academy to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I believe it was still a military academy at that. Was point. he was he in the you know I forget what they call it when you're like in the in the regiment or whatever in the, the corps ROTC or anything like that. I don't believe. Yeah, so, so. like at at A and M, you can either be a you know in the corps or not in the corps. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he was on track to be military. He was an agricultural degree. Okay. Um, he we have long roots in agriculture in the same, in South Carolina, and so that's what his his ultimate goal was to go into the family business of farming. And um, so he's eighteen. He wars broken out. He enlists in the U.S. Army, and. Ultimately, he gets assigned to the 29th Division, 116th Infantry, 3rd Battalion under patent. He was supposed to be the second wave on D-Day, but nothing went right on D-Day, obviously. So they became the first wave. And uh, he remembered patent. So wait, he was 1st Infantry Infantry. Division? He was 29th Division. 29th Division. 116th okay. Infantry, 3rd okay. Battalion. Okay, so so he was an Omaha Beacher. Yeah, he was an okay. Omaha Beach first wave Okay. on D-Day. And so Patton came and gave a speech, and that was a memorable experience for him, as you could imagine. And he remembered Patton and the commanding officers walking the line and kind of meeting people right before, you know, they're sent out. And stops at my grandfather and the group around him. And where are you from, son? And they say Clemson. Um, Clemson, South Carolina. And he remembered that Patton said that the country owed a debt of gratitude to the men of Clemson. Hmm. Because, like I said, it was a military academy. So there was... um, a high level of expectation of the men that came out of Clemson. And so Patton that he knew of the Clemson men and commented on that with my grandfather. Um, so yeah, he's in the landing craft, the Higgins boat. 
and his commanding officer is seeing pilots kicking guys out early. They were supposed to make it to the beach. And under all of the fire and the panic, the pilots were dropping the doors too soon and men were just drowning. And so my grandfather's commanding officer refused. He refused in a very dramatic way by pulling his pistol and putting it to the head of the Higgins boat captain uh, pilot and told him that he was taking his men to the beach or he was going to shoot him. And that's the only reason why my grandfather didn't drown because mm. um, he was on one of the first boats of the first wave. So they do get to the beach and um, that commanding officer and a couple of the other men make it with my grandfather to the cliffs and they had been trained to climb the tri- the cliffs. And so the commanding officer is, you know, pointing out like where we're going to go, what's our target. And so the men look up loud noise. They turn around, the commanding officer's gone. Mm. He had been blown to pieces next to them. And he was standing right next to my grandfather. Wow. And so he was no longer there. He was, on everyone so so you were you were most literally um one one foot away from never existing absolutely absolutely and there's that it's not just that experience so they they make it up he made it all the way to berlin um so they you know survive d-day they make it all the way through france through belgium and he makes it to the outskirts of berlin and their unit comes under fire and a sniper breaks through and takes out six or seven of his fellow soldiers and shoots my grandfather through the knee and my grandfather falls into a muddy ditch and he's stuck in the ditch for 24 hours before a medic can get to him. And the medic told him once they got him off the field that the only reason he was alive because of how the bullet went through and how much bleeding there should have been. The only reason he was alive was because of how he fell in the ditch. He fell on the bullet wound Uh, and between the blood and the mud, it kind of compressed like con- the wound. Compacted his, his compressed body his wound with the the moist mud. Yeah, pressure. And so he didn't bleed out, and that's the only reason why he didn't bleed out. Mm. And so that led to infections, and you know, over a year in the hospital to recover. And he never walked without a limp or a cane after that, but he survived, and that's the only reason why. Mm. They went, is this your mom's dad or your dad's, dad's dad? dad? Your dad's dad. Okay. Yeah. And so when they, when he did transfer from hospitals, he was given his effects and it was almost nothing. And he's like, where's my uniform? You guys took me out of my uniform. It completely disintegrated. Mm. It took months before he was able to change his clothes after D-Day. At least weeks, I believe like a month and a half, something like that before he was able to even change out of that uniform Mm. from the D-Day landing and everything that happened is CEO. So he came out frustrated because he had to go buy a new uniform. He had no clothes. He was naked as a day as long, as he would probably say. I'm fairly certain they made they sure they took care of that. Yeah, yeah. they gave him yeah. something. Hospital- <laughs> yeah, hospitals just aren't really boy-no with, yeah. you know, the, the naked patient. Yeah. yeah. And 
And so my gra- my great grandmother remembers the day she got the letter. Except for tushes. They seem to have oh, a yeah. thing always. for you walking around with your it's tush always. hanging out. Which made for a really great scene and <clears throat> some something's gotta give. The Jack Nicholson movie. And she writes a play about her summer experience and Jack Nicholson was naked in his you didn't see this movie? I need to get out more. Clearly. Oh, this is a clearly classic early two thousands movie. Okay, wait a minute. Something's what is it? Give. Something's gotta Something's give. Something's gotta give. Something. It's um it's Jack Nicholson and who else? Okay, a little patent trivia. Uh-huh. The sword that that uh, military officers carry mm-hmm. was actually designed by Patton. All right. So Patton, Patton has the patent on the army sword. Yeah. So he was a... Um, it's almost like it's meant to be. Well, <laughs> Patton, not patent. <laughs> so it's completely Close different <laughs> in etymology. Etymology man says, no, they're thoroughly different. He does. But, but he, was a, he was a swordsman. And right. and he just thought the sword should have the saber should have a different, you know, it shouldn't be curved like that. Mm-hmm. Come out much more easily if they don't. Yeah. So they remade the the army sword around Patton's wow. invention. That's interesting. Yeah. So every army guy's sword is actually my my son's naval sword. I'm told yeah. is also a Patton design. Oh, so interesting. U.S. military uses the Patton sword. All right. Because he was originally a cavalry officer. Okay. And went and fought Pancho Villa in Arizona. And that's where you hail from. I so do I'm hail sure from you, Arizona. You know some patent Pancho Villa trivia. Well, well, you know, mainly the the uh, the patent museum was was in um, like in nowhere, California, and mm-hmm. it was like on the like there was this high spot in the road on your way from phoenix yeah. to california and there was a patent museum there my parents would never let us stop there so i don't know if there's any good or not all right i don't i don't think it's like the uh the navy ones in fredericksburg texas you know like or fredericksville the um the fredericksville they have a a museum for um i, I think it's for admiral halsey Okay. You know, so they've got this like really great naval museum in the middle of Fredericksburg, Texas. All right. Yeah. That's kind of random. Kind of random. A navy <laughs> but, guy in the middle of you know. in the middle of the plains. You know. <laughs> Actually, I guess Nary it's technically <laughs> technically hill country. Yeah. Yeah, wow. but it's it's an awesome museum. You should go there. It's probably I think the two best World War II museums are the one mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Yeah. And the ones in that that are in Fredericksburg. We were driving out of New Orleans, and I was like, let's just make a loop, guys. Let's just see what we might want to see next time. And we see that that war museum, and my son is very into war Okay, it's two days. Like, like yeah. you got to give it two and days. And I was like, we can't. We're trying to get home at a certain time. We would have 45 minutes. I can't. I can't take you in for oh, 45 it's, minutes. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, he would never that have left. That was our list for when we come back. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go, yeah, make sure you stop. Yeah. I've heard that it's a really good museum. So you have a grandfather that was also at D-Day, right? I have a I have a grandfather who lied about his age as a 16-year-old in 1939 to get into the Army. Mm-hmm. And he then, they busted him 
and and so his parents signed off for him to get in as a 16-year-old. Started out as a buck private, retired as a lieutenant colonel in 1966. Yeah. And um, and we didn't get to have great conversations because he died in 1968. So yeah. he's been gone a long time. I mm-hmm. was four. But um, he was... He was in North Africa, okay, which was the the place that America didn't want to go, and uh, and Churchill convinced us we should start in Africa because we don't really know what we're doing, mm-hmm. and would just be sitting ducks if we just had to like straight up fight the Germans. We really needed to go fight the Italians first, okay. And so we went to North Africa and fought the Italians and did very well, and then the Germans with Rommel showed up and cleaned our clock for a good long time yeah. before we figured it out. Then went to Sicily or, you know, I think it was Sicily where, where Patton got in trouble. I think it was the invasion of Sicily M- might've been one of those other islands off the coast of Italy, but that was the, the infamous slapping incident. Oh. And then, um, and then was in the invasion of, um, of Italy. Then was, was um in d-day and then after that they sent him to the pacific and he was in occupied japan he was in um he was in korea and then he was on his way to um to vietnam when he had a heart attack and that retired him yeah at that point so he had a silver star a bronze star a purple heart so yeah He, he, he apparently did some stuff he did some stuff yeah and, I mean, that was such a generation of guys that were called on to do, guys and gals, that were called on to do so much. Mm. I mean, to sacrifice of themselves so much. And, I mean, my grandfather spent over a year in the hospital recovering. He was recovering in um, Germany, then London, then New York, finally made his way to Augusta. His family could finally see him in Augusta. And he was there for a year once he got to Augusta Mm. and recovery and then re-enrolled in Clemson and finished his college career. So, so he doesn't get, he, so 1945 we're in Berlin. So he's not out of the hospital until like the war's been over for Mm -hmm. a year. Yeah. 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 He must've like all of the guys who came home and felt like they were getting a late start on life. Mm -hmm. Those guys were fully back into life. And your grandfather was still in the hospital. Yeah. Because, I mean, the mud pit saved his life. But, you know, there were repercussions to that. Yeah. Uh, He got, I believe, I think my grandmother said here, he ended up fighting thrombosis. He developed thrombosis in his left leg. And... Then appendicitis, it was just one thing snowballed after another. Oh, my goodness. He was in one surgery after another. And so my earliest memory of being around my grandfather, he always had a knee brace on. But Mm. he was always active, and he always had a garden until he just couldn't anymore. And he would... They had a house on a hill with a pond at the bottom of the hill, and he would cut trails through the wilderness and knew how to find the right stick for a walking stick and Mm. he just knew was not gonna let it slow him down no and as you mentioned like there i was a foot away on d-day from not existing Mm. there was any other way his body could have landed 
in Berlin. Away from not existing. From not existing. And so that has been a part of my faith journey, honestly, Mm. is that there was, there was provision. There was providence that led to him surviving every chance that. Yeah. Like, like everything, everything that goes on, you go, wow, providentially, if I would have stopped, if I wouldn't have stopped at that light Mm -hmm. and that car had run through, my my kids don't exist. Like all of us have that. You have drastic dramatic versions of that and there's a a yearly reminder of that for me Mm. because like the not stopping at the stoplight or stopping at the stoplight that can be something you don't even know change the trajectory of your life Mm. um but But june 6th happens every year yeah it happens every year and it's a reminder every year well and and next year's a pretty big next year's the 80th anniversary it's the 80th anniversary and it's the last big decade where there'll there will be anyone alive that was actually there. It could be, could very well be. My grandfather would have been 99 mm. on this anniversary. He was born in the winter of 24 mm. and he was a preemie. They thought he was dead. They set him aside to help my grandmother. And one of the women that was carrying something away from my grandmother noticed the baby moving. And so like, he was born and everyone thought he was gone already. And he was the first born, a preemie born on a very cold winter in South Carolina. So they ended up, um, they were advised to heat up the old cast irons. You know, before there were electric irons, there were mm-hmm. the cast iron irons that you mm-hmm. would put in the coals and then use that. So they would put that in the coals and warm it up and wrap it in a blanket and put it with him to keep him warm. Oh my. When he wasn't being held. And since he was a preemie, the crib wasn't ready. And he was the firstborn also. So he was in a dresser drawer. They pulled out a dresser drawer. And so he's like the original. Place. What was that? That The Christmas story. Mm-hmm. The book where the Herdmans, they, they, the really ratty kids, and they're like, have to sleep in a dresser drawer. And they only come to church. They're like the meanest kids in the town. They only yeah. come to church because they hear their refreshments. And they show up and they, they, scare all the other kids out of being in the other you know like in the christmas pageant yeah so the entire family takes up the christmas pageant interesting and it talks about you know like the story's really funny they made a tv show out of it with loretta swit but it's a hilarious book you should read to your kids a christmas story is it the best worst christmas pageant the best christmas pageant ever that's what it is the best christmas pageant ever okay so isabel's gonna read that this year as part of her school okay is yeah. she going to read that here, as uh, like on the Mike Davis show? Uh, like we'd have to talk about it's pretty it. Pretty funny. It, it would yeah. make a worthwhile Mike Davis show. Yeah, be good. A, Maybe good that episode. could be our Christmas special. There, <laughs> a traumatic reading. Traumatic read. That's <laughs> the right. Best Christmas pageant. All right. So okay. So three things. Three things that made uh, that that made D Day happen. Okay. Okay. Talk to me about it. Mulberry Harbors, mm-hmm. Hobart's Funnies. That's a okay. And Higgins boats. Higgins boats, I know. The yeah. other two, I don't. So Higgins boats barely floated. Yeah. And if you got a bad wave, there are everybody's dead. Everyone's gone. Yeah, everyone's you get a gone. Bad pilot, everyone's gone. Bad pilot, everyone's gone. Yeah. But if all goes well, mm-hmm. and the weather was terrible, but if all goes well enough, people are on the shore. Yeah. Mulberry harbors were basically big, long, artificial har- harbors towed in and connected so that you could have 
a harbor. The the reason why the Germans didn't think we were going to attack at Normandy is because there was no harbor, and so mm-hmm. you couldn't land the gazillion tanks and all the food yeah. and all the trucks you needed unless you built fake harbors. Okay. And a mulberry harbor was the fake harbor. And then... So is and, that like a floating dock situation? It's like a floating dock okay. made out of big cement things that they, you know, displaced just enough water that they floated. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mulberry harbors. And then Hobart's Funnies was this series of wacky, like, um, wacky tanks that would do things you needed to have done. Okay. Like clear a minefield. So they'd have these tanks with, like, big spinning... Almost looked like the front end. Like, remember when the street sweeper comes through and they're, uh-huh. like, spinning a bunch of stuff, pulling? Yeah. Well, they they would, you know, like, one of them was minesweeper that would do that. Another one was a thing, like, pop out, would make a bridge Are out of like itself. Are these, like, go-go gadget tanks? They're, like, go-go gadget tanks. <laughs> so, so look up Hobart's Funnies. They have they're, all sorts of different accessory packs. Oh, yeah, 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 Depending exactly. Depending on what job you needed to do, you just pop on the extension pack exactly and wow. then and then you had to have a bunch of people that would keep moving forward mm-hmm. knowing that if you did you'd be dead yeah and if you didn't you'd probably, you'd still, probably be still be dead yeah. so so you had you had um you you had those that was kind of the key to the whole deal that and that we faked them out Patton yeah. was in charge of a fake an entire fake mm-hmm. division yeah and they would. They were, you know, building fake planes out of foam and mm-hmm. foam foam planes, foam jeeps. They were putting on a big show, like a theater production. Yep. So that they were, um, they were preparing for that attack. Yep. And then we attacked at the worst possible spot because they wouldn't see it coming. Yep. Although Rommel was in that spot. Yeah. So they, I mean, they were prepared. They had the pillboxes, those yeah. bunkers with the machine guns. Like they did damage. Yeah, they had the Atlanta Wall. Still, yeah. the, the Atlantic was. You know, they had they had lots of. They were they weren't as ready as they could have been, mm-hmm. but they were they were pretty darn dug in. Yeah, it, the casualty rate on the first wave at Omaha Beach is reported <laughs> as up to seventy five percent. Well, and at the, in that first wave. We lost more people than they lost. Oh, for sure. You know, it wasn't looking like we were going to win the day. Yeah, that's the nature the of wave. attacking somebody in a defensive position. Yeah. And, I mean, according to my grandfather's own account, you would be in the middle of a conversation figuring out your next move and someone would just disappear. Mm. They would only be pieces Yeah, left. And you're, they were all looking around, he said. Well, that's why you don't want to get shot with, like, 50 caliber. Yeah, and that's that's what happened. Yeah. But it's just wild that it it happened so fast. Like, he pointed, everyone look, everyone look, and then they turn back and he's gone. Mm. It's just wild that a life can end that fast. And that it did on that day. Mm. Just so many. Yeah, to I think we lost, like, I don't know, was it 10,000 people that in D-Day that we lost? Yeah, the 29th Division, I believe, is reported as 3,000, just that. Just them. Just the the 29th Division and the 1st Division mm. combined on that, that Omaha Beach. That's, that's, that's bad day. Massive loss of life. Yeah. Just unimaginable. Numbers get to be that big, and it's hard to wrap your brain around. 
Um, so let us know in the comments if you have any connection to D-Day, if you have any family stories, we'd love to share it. There's a lot of people in the comments mentioning that the movie Something's Gotta Give is Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. Okay. It is a hilarious movie. It was kind of groundbreaking in that it was a romantic comedy that had older people okay. as the leads rather than just the younger people. Just 28-year-olds? Yeah, it wasn't just like 19 to 25-year-olds that okay. were falling in love. It was older people. and so it's Is that true? Sweet. Do older people fall in love? Well, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope they do. If they haven't fallen in love yet, let's hope they still it's have a chance It's a second to. chance around. Yeah. yeah. Something's got to give. There are some stats out of the villages that would suggest oh, that love is oh. in older ages, but we Creepy. don't have to go into that. That's not, that's not love. Yeah, that's not here. love. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah. There's a commandment <laughs> about that. There is. Yeah. yeah. We've got an instruction manual about um, avoiding doctor's appointments as a result yeah. of that. Yeah. So... I really appreciate you coming and talking to me about D-Day. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, this was a great chance to hear some some uh, Amanda family history. Well, you know, I've got a pretty cool grandfather, and he did some pretty awesome stuff, and he's not with me anymore. So it's nice to be able to share his story a little that's bit. A, that's a wonderful story. And and your dad's pretty cool, too. Yeah, my dad's I like him, cool too. too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know your grandfather, but I know your dad. I like yeah. your dad. Mm-hmm. Good guy. And there are some similarities. My grandfather was like the rugged outdoorsman, and my dad is is more of the bookish type. Mm. But there, you can see he is a thoughtful bookish type. He is a a thoughtful bookish type. That's just part of his story. Are are any are any people gonna call in and jump in on the D Day family D Day stories? Do we have any? We'll see if we have any. I also my mom just chimed in. Okay. I also have a great uncle who flew one of the gliders just before D-Day. Hmm. So the gliders that came and preemptively... Brought them in at midnight the night yeah. before. And they yeah. all got lost. So I have a great uncle that did that. I don't know who that is, though. So hmm. mom, add it in the chat if you have a name for it. Thanks, mom. <laughs> that might be my mom's side of the family. I had, an, uh, I had a great uncle whose job was to calculate bomb trajectories. So yeah. he was the guy who figured out where do we, how do we position, you know, bins because we want the bombs to, you know, end up where we want them to go. Yeah. So my, my history, as you well know, and all of you do, is animal training. One of the most interesting research. Which makes papers. you a great parent. <laughs> Jerry's still out. <laughs> but I'm trying. Yeah, um, I mean, three kids and a husband. That's a lot of animal training right there. Well, you know, dolphins are like large toddler preschool age. That's about their equivalent. And so it it at least got me prepared up to that stage. You'd have to ask Isabella how I'm doing at this point. If Uh, she's she's uh, still listening. uh, Not really. She's honest. So we've got active production going on in the booth is what I'm hearing. Yeah, way to go. Way to go back there, Izzy. Once we both started talking, there wasn't as many camera angles to change. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. So you're not going to do like my walk-off music? No. Is that not coming? You didn't send us walk-off music. Oh, I want the theme to Chuck as my walk-off music. She does not know what that is? Really? Yeah. Don't you have a phone back there? Yeah. Google it. She does. Google it. (laughs) 
think it's I think it's cake, long 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 coat, short dress and a long coat. Is that right? <laughs> long jacket. We'll get back hang to on, you. <laughs> hang on. Theme song from Chuck. Yeah. Hey Siri, what's the theme song from the TV show Chuck? It was my uncle Olin, so it was on my mom's side. And Melissa said that she believes the gliders were made out of balsam wood. You're totally killing my Siri search. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't do Siri. I'm very boomerish in that way. I don't talk to my phone. I type things in. Okay. Theme from <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> you killed me once. You're not killing me twice. Fool me once. Okay. Shame on me. Short skirt, long jacket. That's it. I don't know that I want my daughter to Google short skirt, long jacket. <laughs> the man's there it is. <laughs> now you know it, Isabella. <laughs> Wait, that's where the... Chuck was a great show. That I was a great show. Chuck. We're, we're re-binging the, the wayward youth. They're re-binging yeah. Chuck. That's good. Yep. Well, add on... Um, Add on something's got to give. That'll be a fun movie okay. for you guys to watch. Okay, it's that's uh, Luke Hunter and I will watch that. Interesting. Is it a silly movie? Because Carrie will just um, shake her head and walk out of the room. It's a it's a rom com. Okay, and she'll do the rom part. The com yeah. part occasionally loses. There her. is so just to FYI, if you're going to be watching this with kids as young as teenagers, um, there is a part where Jack Nicholson has a heart attack and he's doped up in the hospital and wanders out of his room in the, the hospital gown, which is why I mentioned it. Okay, we that's where the hospital gown yes. came from. And so Diane Keaton is a playwright and she ends up writing her play while she's helping Jack Nicholson convalesce. He's not allowed to travel. And so they don't like each other. So he, he so he, she's not inspired by his the view of him walking past. Is what you're um, saying? She is inspired, but it was a comedy okay. <laughs> that she wrote. And nice. So, uh, yeah, they it, they don't like each other. So they, through happenstance, run into each other. In so every great home. every great love story, except that he's dating her yeah. daughter. It happened one summer. Same story. He's her age. But okay. he's dating her daughter. The creeper. Uh-huh. Yeah. And has a heart attack in a most unfortunate way for your mom to have to come in and help. Oh, oh, awkward. And so she does not like this man. Hmm. <laughs> and, and rightly so. The doctors say that he's not allowed to travel. So then everyone leaves her in a house with him. And so opposites attract. We don't like each other. But, you know, we have to kind of pass and repass. And so that's how our relationship develops. So it is very funny. Um, there's probably some parts that teenage boys would cringe at. Just FYI. <laughs> okay. So, full disclosure. <laughs> Coming from one household that has kids that watch movies with us to another. <laughs> I can see where you'd want to be careful about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like. He's a he's a ladies' man. Okay. And there's discussions about the. It's nothing's graphic except for the unfortunate hospital gown scene. But he's definitely a ladies' man, and there's there's okay. discussions. Okay. Shop that. around the corner. That's another another great comedy See, where I, they don't like each other. Yes, but I watched the remake of that. You've got mail. 
Yeah, but you've got mail is so predictable. How does she not fall for Tom Hanks? Well, of he's, he's and it's Meg Ryan a, and Tom Hanks. He's attractive. He's funny. He's wealthy. He he's everything like she's looking for. The, go watch the original. The original is yeah. way better. Like you go, well, no wonder she hates him. So now I have she to watch should. the um, Jimmy Stewart. A, a Jimmy Jimmy Stewart in it. Shop around the corner. Because my husband's not a huge Jimmy Stewart fan. Uh, how how, how does anyone Jimmy not like J- Jimmy Stewart? It might be the voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because he, he he told me he wanted to be on Vestry in case I just did the Jimmy Stewart voice. Sometimes. I don't think that that happened. <laughs> I don't. So now your next sermon, you're gonna have to. I actually slide did a. I, okay, so I did an epiphany sermon once. Yeah. As as Jimmy Stewart and It's a Wonderful Life, and mm-hmm. and he's running home to tell Murray. Yes. That that there's wise men coming to visit, and okay. he has to like have this conversation, and uh-huh. I did it as Jimmy Stewart. I I was entertained. I bet your wife yeah. was like. Oh. She actually was entertained, too. Okay. Your husband, maybe not so much. She doesn't always love it when you do accents from the pulpit. No, she does not. <laughs> yes. God, I have it on good authority. God is a Scottish man she never likes. Never <laughs> likes. Oh, man. So, in other news, come to Trinity Parish if you want to see interesting <laughs> accents and sermons. <laughs> <laughs> or save yourself. There's that, too. Yeah. Well, this was fun. If you're not coming for the accents, then definitely come for the salvation. There you go. There you go. Because we talk about Jesus up in there. On occasion. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of great churches in in St. Augustine. There are. It's a a city with a lot of great churches, Mm -hmm. a lot of great pastors. There's about to be another one. Well, our our North Campus. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. That's that's true. We are building a North Campus. We are building a North Campus. Out by Bobby, one of our longtime viewers. That's usually in the comments. Okay. Um, It's out. It's not. No, wait. As far Bobby, as Bobby says in the comments, "Hey, I'm going to be right by your North Campus." Yes, something like that. Okay, thank you, Bobby. Unconfirmed. Shout out, <laughs> shout uh, out but from we had Bobby. Breaking for that. That was that was good times. That was a good time. Yep. And when we got home, just in time before the, the yeah before <laughs> the absolute deluge of water. So we had a pool before we had a church. Yep. We, we, it was a good way to find out whether or not we had wetland or upland. See, God provides. Yep. But we were home by that, by that point. Yeah. So I need to get out there and see, I need to get out there and see how, how much, you know, how many of the trees have been stripped. Yeah. Which generally makes me sad Mm -hmm. when other people do it. Yeah. But I have it on good authority. As long as we document the process of cutting down the trees, we can add them to our firewood pile. Is that is that true? You can take whatever wood is out there and put it in your firewood pile. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> fans of the Mike Davis show, yeah. go ahead and help yourself to a little firewood. That Trinity would be Bear, at uh, 16A, <laughs> an eighth of a mile north, north. of the 16 turn. And, and on the right, you'll yeah. see the sign, North Campus. Yeah. Anything that's already on the ground, you can cut yeah. up and take with you. It's on the ground, haul it away. Right Burn on. it. There you have it. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. This was, this very was fun. fun. It's always it was. fun to talk to you. Goodbye. Even when we talk about a more solemn subject. Yep. Goodbye to the Mike people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and oh, where's Mike, anyway? 
He's in Traveling in Parts Unknown. Okay. But he has it's all of his secret, family with him. It's a secret trip. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of the Davises. Nice. And so that, I believe, is three generations right now. Wow. Are, it's him, uh, his wife, and all the kids and the spouses, <laughs> significant others, and um, he has a step-grandchild, a grandchild now. Cool. So, three generations of Davis mm-hmm. in one roof. Parts unknown. Could be, could be cray-cray. They're not like in a travel trailer are they? i do know that he was checking the surf report so wherever it is it's somewhere there might he might be able to catch a wave <laughs> might just okay. be able to catch a wave catch a wave and you sit on top of the world i don't know that we needed that guys yeah well you <laughs> weren't gonna we play that. you weren't gonna play short skirt and a long jacket i wasn't gonna let my daughter google short skirt <laughs> and a long jacket <laughs> It's not an inappropriate song. It was the theme the song, song to Chuck. might be perfectly appropriate, but I'm afraid of what the Google research... Oh, okay. <laughs> the Google search results will yeah, be. Yeah, well, if she Googles Doesn't short. she have, like, parent controls on there? I do. Not on the production computer back there. Well, That's they ought to. to the audio. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so let's make sure that that Clay gets the parental controls on there. Back there. That that would be a Pete question. Pete, yeah. Father Matt has a request for you to put parental controls on our production computers. We don't want inappropriate stuff on the Mike Davis show. No. And he's a priest, so you have to listen to him. <laughs> no one else does. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us tonight. We will be back tomorrow. We have a special guest um, and kind of a fun twist on trivia for Trivia Thursday. So, so by we, she means the royal we. The me. Isabella will probably not be back. He will probably not be back. You can. You can come back if you want. Crash your party. You know where I am. Okay. Come crashing in. Looking in the window. Yeah. (laughs) If you can look past everything. You're tall. You can look past. You can see in there. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good night.